right, all right, all right. Hey, one more, just, we got to celebrate a little bit. We got to celebrate a little bit. Two years ago today, our team got a lot better. The Jordan Victoria Lewis joined the team two years ago today. Give it up for this woman of God. Jordan, stand up so they know who, come on now. We just got better. Okay, June 2nd, June 2nd, mark your calendars. Jordan's gonna be preaching again on June 2nd. Some of you got to hear her a few months ago talking about taking my job a couple months ago. She's so good at preaching and the hand of the Lord is all over her and so she's gonna be back on in just a few weeks. So Jordan, we thank God for you. God bless you, we love you, amen, okay? If you have your Bibles, would you turn to 1 John chapter 3? We're in week 4 of our series going through this book. And the title of the series is Learning Love, which is the theme of John's book. This is what God is like, and this is what we are to become. We're learning love. And so what I'll do is I'll read the first 10 verses of 1 John chapter 3, and then I'll pray and we'll jump in. So would you just pretend tonight like God speaks? Would you just have the assumption that he wants to speak to you and to us? And let's come by faith. Let's lean, let's lean in, sit on the edge of your seat in your heart, right? And say, speak, Lord, your servants are listening. So hear the word of the Lord out of 1 John 3, then we'll pray. John says, see what great love the Father has lavished Lavish, that's an expensive word. He's not chintzy, he's not cutting corners. This is not the God of scarcity. See what great love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God and that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Dear friends, now we are children of God and what we will be has not, he just, he's like this doxological eruption when he thinks about the future. When we see Jesus face to face, who knows what we'll become? And what we will be has not yet been made known, but we know that when Christ appears, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. All who have this hope in Jesus purify themselves just as he is pure. And everyone who sins, now he kind of pivots here. Okay, John, well, I got to talk like this. Everyone who sins breaks the law. In fact, sin is lawlessness. But you know that he appeared so that he might take away our sins. And in him is no sin. No one who lives in him, Jesus keeps on sinning. No one who continues to sin has either seen him or known him. The stakes are getting higher. Dear children, do not let anyone lead you astray. The one who does what is right is righteous, just as he is righteous. And the one who does what is sinful is of the devil because the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. No one who is born of God will continue to sin because God's seed remains in them and they cannot go on sinning because they have been born of God. And this is how we know who the children of God are and who the children of the devil are. Anyone who does not do what is right is not God's child, nor is anyone who does not love their brother or sister. This is the word of the Lord, and all God's people said, dang. (laughs) Let's pray. Jesus, we need you, we need you, we need you. 
What else could we be doing that would be better for us than hearing your word? What else could we be doing tonight on Friday night at 7, 10 p.m. than listening to your scriptures in the presence of your people by the power of your spirit? We, we just couldn't be doing anything better. And so we pray, strengthen us tonight. Fill us with your spirit tonight. Give us holy boldness. Stir us tonight. Kick, kick, kick uh, all the, the stuff out of us that is, is leading us to death and, and remove it, extract it, and heal us to the deepest places. We say, Lord, have your way in these few minutes as we hear your word. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on the earth as it is in heaven. We pray these things tonight in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and all God's people said. Oh, how great is the love the Father has lavished upon us. The Father, the Father, the Father. Oh, great, the Father. We should be called children. Father, children. The text about parental love. This is Mother's Day weekend. Thank God for good moms. Thank God for women who would lay their lives down. Thank God for women who would let a human take them over for 40 weeks and they just keep giving and they just keep serving and they just keep feeding and they just keep healing and they just keep forgiving and they just keep washing and they just, just a great mom. Oh my Lord, women, we bless you. Those of you who have born children, those of you who are spiritual mothers in this place, raising people up, we say yes and amen. Can we give it up for the moms in this place tonight? Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. A text about parental love will stir all kinds of feelings in all of us. On this Mother's Day weekend, many of you will remember the gentle tickle on the back of a mother who tucked you in at night. Safe hands, loving heart, kindness, tenderness, the, the kiss on the cheek, the fixing your hair in the morning, getting you dressed in the dark, a good mom. Some of you, immediately when you hear about parental love, oh, the father has lavished, God, God the mother who raises us up like, like the, brooding, the brooding spirit over creation in Genesis 1, 2. God the mother, God the father, God the one who raises us up and parents us and provides for us. Some of you, this is a good feeling for you. Others, you might hear the, the harsh, chastising word in your soul. The rebuke, the curse, the hatred, the furrowed brow. You open up the scripture and you start talking about God as the good parent and it stirs all kinds of emotions in all of us. Some of us hear about the love of the father and we're transported to the backyard plant catch. Just a great evening of the cool grass under your feet and it's beautiful. You're, you're transported to sitting around the fire pit and dad's got a Bud Light in him, you know? Uh, you know, before he got sanctified, saved and filled with the Holy Ghost, you know? <laughs> My dad's never had to drink alcohol in his life so he's like, hey, don't use that example. They're gonna think I'm a scoundrel. But some of you, you know, he's sitting around the fire pit and he's just regaling you with stories, right? Laughter, that bellowing laugh, you know, maybe he had that kind of pot belly and when he'd laugh it would shake and, and it was just a great, t like you, you, you hear about the father and that's just happy, happy. 
Others of you hear about the Father and you recoil in remorse. And a sea of sadness starts to swim around in your soul. The heartbreak of not experiencing parental love like you had hoped suggests two things. One, that the desire for it is built into us. That God made us that way. When you've had ache over the thought of parental love because maybe there was a deficiency or maybe worse, there was, there was abuse there. The, the fact that you ache over that means that God built it into you to desire it. And the second thing is it means that experiencing it under the care of his parental love is possible. That he can be the one to restore that and to heal that ache. God would be a tyrant for making us long for it if he wasn't also willing to give it to us. To lavish it upon us. The message we've heard so far in this book, in 1 John, is primarily two things. We've heard about love for God. We, we, we ought to love him. This is who God is. And, and we ought, we ought, we've heard about love for God, and that's exactly right, John. You ought to be teaching us about that. We've also heard about love for brother and sister. We ought to lay down our lives. We ought to care for one another and, and take each other on board in our spirits. Like, absolutely, love for God and love for our brothers and sisters. That's right for John to teach us this. But now, John goes full tilt, speaking of the love of God, the Father, toward us. We've heard about love for God. We, we ought to love him. We ought to serve him. We ought to stay clean. Love for our brother. But John goes tonight, hey, let me pivot here and tell you the truest thing about the universe, the, the truest thing about our experience, that God is the Father and his love is always for us. Oh, the love that the Father has lavished upon us. Lisa Lisa is such a good mom. On this Mother's Day weekend, I just, I'm so grateful. I ran around town today trying to buy her things. And just, 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 I'm gonna try to shower her with goodness on Sunday and, and make it right. I'm gonna make a little egg casserole that night before and have it ready to throw in the oven. We're gonna try to work, you know, try to do some things on Sunday because she's just always taking care of our people. I think she's at, in Pueblo tonight because Lillian's running in a, a state qualifying track meet and they qualified in the states next week. And she's down there and she's made food and she's just, she's too good. And this weekend we'll be celebrating her. She teaches me how to be a good dad. She intuits what our kids need and the power of her love has created this sort of force field of safety and sanity around our children. It's amazing what she can do. And I love my kids as, you know, something about a good mom. I, I love my kids. I'm impatient. I, I, I get frustrated at times. I get scared sometimes when I think about my kids and their future. And so that fear often turns into, you know, being chippy. And they're like, what did I do? I'm like, you didn't do anything. I'm just scared. I want you well. I get exhausted and I go to bed at 8 p.m., but I love my kids There will be quirks and flaws that they laugh about around their own fire pits one day talking about me. But I think they know that I love them and I would die for them and I would do anything for them. I love watching them take risks and succeed. I love identifying unique giftings that they have. Leadership qualities that they have. They're 15, 13, 11, but I can see it. 
you're going to change the world. I think they're gorgeous. I have a dog in that fight, but I think they're gorgeous. Thank God for Lisa. I think the boys are handsome. I think they're funny. I think they're kind. I think whoever gets to hire them one day will be lucky. Don't mess with my kids. If they work for you, treat them right. I'll get them ready for you, but you take care of them, all right? Maybe you'll be working for them. Who knows? I think whoever gets to marry them will be receiving the greatest treasure on earth that Lisa and I could have brought to them. But I'm also limited. I love my kids, but I'm limited. So far, I've only been able to, uh, God's only asked me to give that kind of special love to three kids. We're called as Christians to love our brothers and sisters. And when I see your kids running around, I'm gonna love them. I'm gonna ask them their name. I'm gonna champion them. I'm gonna pick them up. We're gonna play. But but I, I I can be dad to three kids. I can be Uncle DG or Pastor DG to a bunch of kids. But I'm limited. We are all limited. There, there are hundreds of kids around this congregation. And, 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 and I want to create a culture of family and all that. But the reality is we are finite creatures that we are bounded. We're, there's only so much love that we can give. There's only so much crisis that we can carry. There's crisis fatigue and it overwhelms us. And there's only so much that we can provide for financially. There's, we're only able to show up with the full strength of our love in, in limited supply And John says, though the power of our love might get diluted while the needs increase, there is so much that you need to know about God. And the great good news that John gives us tonight is that God is not like us. (laughs) Oh, he's not like us. He is not limited in his supply. One of the most important gospel announcements we could ever hear is God exists eternally as an unlimited supply of perfect love. He exists eternally. Before he said, let there be and there was, he existed as the eternal supply of unlimited perfect love. At the end of all things, when everything is finished and wrapped up and death has been defeated, he will exist from of old and into all eternity as the perfect, unlimited supply of perfect love. God is not like us. Not God is good at loving. God is love. He exists at his essence and nature. His beingness is love. When you cut God, what does he bleed? He bleeds love. God is love. And the good news is God's love will never be exhausted. It will never be fully tapped. It'll never run out. God has 8 billion children right now running around the globe and his love is not diminished for any one of us. It gets wilder. God the Father is able to give the full concentration of his love to every single human on the planet all at the same time, without it ever being distracted or diluted or diminished. My kids call me. If if two of my kids are talking to me at once, I lose my equilibrium. I I, I, I about get vertigo in my soul. I'm just like, what? What? Who says stop? What? Uh, Give me a minute. Who are you? Locate me in the situation. Help me find true north here. Okay, great. Okay, Lillian. Okay, you're the girl. Great. What did you say you needed from me? Okay, Wakely, shh, be quiet. If, if, like, God has eight billion of us running around going, God, 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 and he's like locked in, 360, taking care of us. 
undistracted, undiluted, unperturbed. God is love. Me as a dad, I say, hang on, and I gotta get my bearings, but there's never been a morning where I have woken up and I've walked into the presence of the Lord and and God said, "Um, connection buffering. Oh, you know, Zoom, we all got good at Zoom the last three years. You know what I hate is being like logging on at the time and it says waiting for the host to start the meeting, right? Start the meeting. God is, I've never gone into the presence of the Lord and it's been waiting for the host to start the meeting. He's just always there. When I come and I fall on my knees and I say, oh, how great is the love. He go, yeah. He brings me up into his presence and he cares for me and he parents me and he, he, he says, peace be still and he gives me joy and somehow, some way, I've gotten 40 years on the planet and I've never seen the righteous forsaken or their seed out begging for bread. Somehow, some way, there's always been enough in the pantry just to get by. Somehow, some way, there's always been courage to keep going. Somehow, some way, there's always been strength for today and bright hope for tomorrow. Blessings all mine, 10,000 beside, great is thy faithfulness oh god my father section one of this text that john puts in front of us i'll summarize it this way god the father is always available and his love is always locked in i i don't know what oh there's too much too many concerns too many demands too many questions too many needs too many voices and then i go to work and there's like multiply it by a hundred and, and sometimes I just have to get my, God is never unavailable to us. His love is always locked in. Oh, how great is the love the Father has lavished upon us that we get to be children. That's the first section. The second section of this text, I'll summarize it this way. God's love is always available, available to all, but not everybody accepts it. So, so it's never a, a problem on God's side. That we're knocking on his door and he's locked us out and going, you know, figure it out on your own, you stupid. It, it's never, God's never ever done that. God's love is always available to all, but not everyone will accept it. This is what John takes us into, the reality. There are two types of people in the world. I love that phrase, right? You just never know what's gonna come next. Have you ever, there are two types of people in the world. Usually we're getting simplistic here, but, but you get the point. Like there's pumpkin spice latte people and then there's everybody else, <laughs> right? People waiting for November 1st. Is that the day? Is it October 1st? I, I don't know. September 1st, I, you can tell I'm not one of them. <laughs> you know, there's Raiders fans. And then there's everybody else, right? Okay, very good. There's Android users. And then there's everybody else who are saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost. With some sanity. Andrew Arndt, get your mind right. Andrew Arndt turns all of our text threads into green. Screw you, man. I've offered to buy him an iPhone. He just won't do it. He's one of those... Enneagram fours, it's just got to be the contrarian. I'm going to be unique and have my Android. Ah! When all is made right and Jesus returns, there will be no Androids. Amen. But there's two types of people in the world. Two types of people in the world. And John tells us this 
tonight a little more seriously. We're being playful here. But John says there are two types of people in the world. And here's how he summarizes it in verse 10. He says, this is how we know who the children of God are and who the children of the devil are. I mean, John, this is not exactly the church growth movement here. Like, if, if you want to, like, win friends and influence people, Dale Carnegie called. He says, you probably shouldn't say that, John. Two types of people in the world. The children of God. Oh, and the children of the devil. He just cuts, just cuts it real simple here and lays it out. He, he, he wants to tell the truth about the situation. That God's love is available to all, but not everyone accepts it. God the Father is always available and his love is always locked in, but we, we get proud. And we, we like pleasure a bit too much. Pleasure is good, it's a gift from God. You know, all the stuff that throws us into sin is good stuff gone wrong. There, it's just not, it's not like inherently bad stuff out there. It's just like, it's us like falling in love with the wrong thing and, and making something an extreme. And it's, it, it's the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes and the pride of life. And, and we just become our own little gods. God's love is available to all, but not everyone accepts it. We have b- bad muscle memory with parental love maybe. And so we get scared and we, we run from the love of God because we can't, it can't possibly be goodness out there because the goodness I experienced in my, in my family of origin just kind of told me that that wasn't available. No, God's love is available, but not everyone knows how to or really even wants to accept it. We become animated in this moment by the spirit of the devil and his seed remains in us. John says those who are righteous, those who keep coming to the Father, his seed remains in them. And seed, this imagery for, for these agrarians, that seed gets planted and a harvest of righteousness springs up. But John says the same thing about those who are animated by the spirit of the devil, that that seed gets in us and we're, 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 we're reaping a harvest of hatred and unholiness. There's two types of people in the world, according to John. Those who are the children of God and those who are the children of the devil, and John says this in verse four. He, he goes on a, on a riff here. Remember last week I talked to you about repetition in the ancient text because they just had these scrolls and papyrus and styluses and all this, and they didn't have exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point. What do you do when you wanna emphasize something? Repetition, repetition, repetition. Here's what John says. Everyone who sins breaks the law. In fact, sin is lawlessness. But you know that he appeared so that he might take away our sins. And in him is no sin. No one who lives in him keeps on sinning. No one who continues to sin has either seen him or known him. Dear children, do not let anyone lead you astray. The one who does what is right is righteous, and just as he is righteous, the one who does what is sinful is of the devil, because the devil has been sinning from the beginning. John wants us to know that when we go and we throw our lives away, and when we try to build our own stories and become our own gods, that seed of the enemy, the seed of the devil, gets in us, and the harvest of unholiness and hatred and, and, and all the evil stuff begins to grow up in us. He says there's the children of God and there's the children of the devil. The children of God are those who just keep coming back and saying, here I am this morning, Father, and I've heard that there's great love that you've lavished upon us. And I've heard that you want to be my father. And even though that concept is difficult for me because of where I came from, I'm just here to say I need the Father in heaven. I need you to heal me. I need you to cleanse me. There's children of God And there's children who don't want anything to do with God 
who John says are children of the devil. So section two is God's love is available to all, but not everybody accepts it. But, but I cannot leave you there because there's good news. John would never leave us there. There's good news. And here's section three of this text. The good news is that God's love is so beautifully ferocious that he's come to destroy everything that's keeping us from his love. I just can't tell you how good this gets. If you're new to this story, just stay with it. You open up the Bible and just watch how God keeps coming to destroy all the things that are destroying us. God keeps coming to alleviate all the things that are separating us from his love. God will not stop until he gets us back. His love is so beautifully ferocious. When I moved here 18 years ago, about one year in, there was a missionary that we supported as a church. And I, I knew of this family. I didn't know them well, but I, they, they'd been around New Life for a long time and New Life had been supporting him uh, and the family out in the mission field. And I'll be vague about where this happened. But this missionary had a daughter and they lived in this very dangerous part of the world and they'd been there for 20 years. And so everybody in the community knew this family and they knew what they were about. And they also knew that he had a beautiful daughter. And so... A bad group of guys, one night in the cover of darkness, busted in their house, and they abducted that girl. She was in her early 20s. You want to talk about shut the world down? Like what? Came in with their automatic weapons and and abducted this girl. And we got the call the next morning here at New Life, pray for this family because this just happened. We knew this girl. We knew what was, what in the, she's gone. They don't know where she is. And they called back here and, and I, I'm just gonna keep it really vague because it is kind of vague. All I know is there was a group of men around Colorado Springs who were ex-military who had access to information and somehow, some way, and they were trained and they weren't scared of anything. And there was about 10 guys that got on a plane that night and flew to this location in God knows where, and I don't know what information they had. They were on their computers at work and probably broke some laws, but it's okay because this girl was abducted and they were not gonna have that. And 10 men from Colorado Springs went to this remote location and they got together in all their training and under the cover of darkness, they wanted to checkmate this group. And they found out where this girl was and, and with a very intricate plan, they, they set the plan up and they executed the plan and they went in, they got that girl back and they brought her out and they flew her back to Colorado Springs and she spent the next six months here getting counseling and recovering and, and being restored. For, all I'm just saying is that God's love is ferocious like that. Don't you mess with my kid. Don't you mess with my kid like... I'll, I'll, you you want to mess with me, that's fine, but I'm, don't touch my daughter. God's love is so ferocious that he has come to destroy everything that is keeping us away from his love. That girl, they didn't know where she was, and that father and mother in that foreign country were aching for their greatest treasure to be found. Give us our girl back. 
And a few days later, they got their girl back and they got their lives back. And friends, I want you to know that God feels that way about us when we have been abducted by the enemy and taken into that house of unholiness and sin and fear and darkness. When the enemy grabs us and clutches us and takes us away, God's love is so ferocious. He doesn't sit back and go, oh, that's so sad. No, he goes, let's go. Get my kid back. 1 John 3, 8, I I don't know of three clearer statements in all of scripture of the ministry of Jesus. Like the question is, what did Jesus come to do? You better say it. You better say it. 1 John 3, verse 8, look at this. For this purpose was the son of God manifest that he might destroy Like, God is the God who loves us. God's love is always locked in. It's always available. Not everyone will accept it because we think we're our own little gods. And very often the enemy comes to steal us and to kill us and to destroy us and to take us away into that dark hidden hole. And and God knows where we are. And yes, he does know where we are. For this purpose was the son of God. God sent his son into the world. Jesus got on a plane. (laughs) And he moved in and he, 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 he understood the enemy's tactics and he understood the cover of darkness. And under the cover of darkness on a good Friday, they hung him on a tree and he gave his life. And on Sunday morning, he rose up. And in that, he defeated death and hell and the grave. And he took the keys to the house He opened up all the cells and he set the prisoners free for this purpose was the son of God. I I get so passionate about this. Like settle down, pastor. No, I will die on this hill. Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil and to get God his children back. That's what he came for. Been studying all week as I do and you pray and you journal and you legal pad and you read the commentaries and you do word searches and studies, all this stuff. That's what you do. That's a part of the mechanics of the job. But I'm always waiting for that word. What's the thing you want to say? God, I've done what I can. I know the text, but what do you want to say to your kids? There's going to be 750 people that show up here on a Friday night and kids running around uh, to boot. It's just going to, God, they're here. You've got to speak. What do you want to say? I was asking the Lord this week after I've done my work, Lord, what do you want to say? And I heard the Lord said, tell my people, you can be free. You can be free. For this purpose was the son of God manifest, that he might destroy the works of the devil. If you want to be in that house locked up and hold away, you can decide to be there. (laughs) But you can be free. And you don't have to stay stuck in those habits. You don't have to stay stuck in those patterns. You don't have to stay trapped in darkness. You don't have to live a life of disequilibrium in the kingdom of, of darkness. No, you can come into the light This purpose, Jesus was manifest to destroy the works of the devil. And some of you, I had the sense this week, you've just known this way of being for so long that you think it has to stay this way. And God wants you to know you can be free. The question is how? And John, in verse six, he says, no one who lives in him keeps on sinning. No one who lives in him. How do you live in him? 
you get a book called the Bible. And you get up in the morning. I promise to God, it is this easy. It's hard, but it's this easy. You get the book. And you throw your phone away, especially if it's an Android. (laughs) And you shut the door. And you say, oh God, I believe that these are your words. Would you speak to me today? And you read the text. And something will jump off the page and hit you in your soul. And it will be conviction from the Holy Spirit. It'll be encouragement. It'll be hope that rises up to rebuke the despair. I don't know how he will speak to you. I I promise. I wanted to say I swear to God. I don't swear to God. I promise that if you will open that scripture and you say, God, speak to me today, the Holy Spirit will start coming at you. He'll start building you up. He'll start... recovering your hope. He'll start renewing you and forgiving you of your sins and you'll rise from that place and you begin to pray into that and say, God, send me out into Colorado Springs today to be a light in the darkness. Send me out full of hope and faith and love. Send me people who need what I have today. If someone's broke and I have some money, I'll give it to them if you send them my way. If someone's sad and I've got encouragement that I can give, send them my way. And just live your life like that and when you say something stupid, repent. When you get impatient like I do with my kids from time to time, repent and say, I'm sorry, I was wrong, please forgive me. When you look at something wrong, repent. When you you harbor hatred and bitterness towards someone, just keep giving it over to Jesus and then get into bed that night and say, come Holy Spirit, what can I remember about today? What do I need to repent of today? What do I need to thank you for today? And if you'll do that for 50 years, tell me if you don't become a child of God full of the spirit that makes a difference in this community. Friends, it's not that difficult. It's very straightforward. Open the book, open your heart, open your mouth, listen for the spirit, and then go be a blessing. Repeat, rinse, and wash, and get up the next day and do it all over again. Friends, how do you remain in him? Hide yourself in his word. Live in the presence of God with the people of God. Keep repenting and tell me after five decades if you hate that kind of life. For this purpose was the Son of God manifest, that he might destroy the works of the devil. I'm here to say to you tonight, you can be free. There's two proclamations I want you to hear. First is you can be free. If that's you tonight and you've been bound in in slavery to sin, Live in God's presence. Those who remain in him will not keep on sinning. Remain in him. The second thing I want you to hear is that you are loved by God the Father and he will not stop until you receive his love. His ferociously beautiful love will keep coming after you. Just say uncle. Pro tip. Repent quickly. Just say uncle quickly. Quit fighting God. He's going to win. And you can receive the love of God. I want you to hear this as we prepare to close. The band is gonna come. I wrote this down in my journal this week as I was praying for you, and I want you to hear this. You are loved by the ever-attentive, the always-available, the endlessly kind Father God, and he does not hate you. A lot of us would go, oh, that's obvious, why are you... Your father in heaven does not hate you. Some of you felt like that's how you were trained, in hatred from your most important man. He does not hate you. He will not forsake you. He does not loathe your presence. You are not a bother to him. 
You are not an interruption. You are not an inconvenience. You are not dragging God down. He will not scream at you. He will not throw things at you. He will not lock you out of the house. He will not stomp off. He will not ignore you. He will not roll his eyes at you. He's not dangerous. He's not capricious. He's not a moving target. He's not flighty. You're not gonna find him drunk and have to get him out of bed in the morning. You're not, he's not going to embarrass you. He does not think you are stupid, no. Instead, he marvels at the mysterious beauty that he built into you. He thinks you're fascinating. He can't wait to see your beautiful future unfold. And he's going to see to it that it unfolds beautifully. He's not disinterested in your plight. He's going to get you home. You are loved, you are loved, you are loved, you are loved by God the Father. Believe it, receive it, walk in it, and let his love set you free. Can you say amen tonight, church? Would you stand with me? We're gonna sing this song, I'm no longer a slave. I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. Some of you, this is easy. Yep, been, yep, I've known that my whole life. Others of you, you're gonna sing this by faith tonight. You're gonna sing your way into the truth of it. You're gonna sing your way into receiving the next installment of actually believing that in your being. But all of us are gonna sing it tonight. And I want us to take this moment. This is not filler music while we walk through the line to get the communion. No, this is us singing our way into the truest thing about God and the truest thing about us. I'm no longer a slave to fear. I'm a child of Father. He's crazy about me. So our communion servers are coming. And if you're new, we're gonna walk through the room if you're able Get that communion element and go back to your seat. If you're not able, ask your neighbor. They'll bring you one. But I want us to worship our way into this truth tonight. I want us to sing this with kind of a rugged, dangerous faith tonight. I want us to receive this with joy tonight because it's true. Oh, how great is the love the Father has lavished upon us that we should be called children of God and you can be free. So receive that freedom tonight. Come forward and I'll be back in just a minute.